0: Hey hey, welcome everyone to uh episode four.
1: Yep. Yes. Episode yep. four.
0: Episode number four. Today's episode is called, or um we're gonna name it, uh teen. I'm not sure if in your Slack note you noticed you spelt uh <laughs> I first looked at it, it said teen SEC differences. And <laughs> I was like, maybe that's uh maybe there's something more to that than what it was. <laughs> Um yeah, we're, we're going to talk about, uh, I think something on the back end, what we discussed last time, right? Of that, uh, maybe we'll get into that area, but the the uh, options and opportunities, accessibility for that age group, 12 to 18, as well as like, what are some of the differences inside of there? Was that the, the main uh, main focus for today?
2: Yeah, it spurred off of last one. And then I started kind of looking it up to try to see what I could find. Yeah. And I was shocked at how very little, um, if I were just like going in as a parent, to explore what I can find for my child, what I didn't find and what I found.
1: Yeah,
0: good point. Uh, Maybe that's something we can try to conclude on as well is to give people um, recommendations for readings or just awareness about, you know, options or ideas, you know. Um, uh, You know, I'll I'll take on the role today of just maybe looking at it from a... um, uh, well, maybe not, I guess, but I was just thinking, because I could look at it from a coach role, uh, coaching those young individuals. I could look at it from a parent role. You know, um, It may take me a while to dig up those ideas, but I could look at it from an experience role <laughs> of being someone physically expressive during those teenage years. Not that you can't either, but I'm just saying what, what roles I could look at it, what angles I could. Um, what angles are you thinking about that's more appropriate for today? Do you sit home as the uh, gym owner or the coach or what feels most uh, resonant to you?
2: I think coach, owner, and then um, I think I can tap, too, just into personal experience of Mm. what I found to be available and not there in uh, contrast to what I'm seeing with some of our teens coming into the gym right now.
0: Solid. Then uh, why don't we start with that? Why don't you just give a little, uh, if you can recollect a little bit of nostalgia on your Uh, what's going on in your brain, your experiences for when you were a teen and uh, physical expression during that time. And that'll give, I think, give everyone a base support as to what we're discussing.
2: Um, Well, when I was prepping for this, I was like listening to narratives from parents that are now in their mid-40s and up. So going through sport in the 80s and 90s, Mm -hmm. I feel like I kind of came into that wave of the transitional period of being high sport. Moving into now where we are today, that's very sport specific. Yes. Um, so being on that last little cusp of it, it was, a- I was able to play softball, volleyball, basketball, play all those sports throughout middle school.
1: Mm-hmm. It really
2: wasn't until probably seventh grade that you had to choose a sport that you were going to specialize in for the rest of your high school career.
0: Do you remember in America when those when Title Nine, uh, like let's call it a, a wave of changes, were made? For that, for not only accessibility, but just the conversation on accessibility of physical expression for females uh, and teens?
1: I was younger. Okay. Yeah.
2: I I just got to be a part of it. So, like, by the time I got to sport, it was like we had our own leagues for everything.
1: Yes. Okay. Um,
2: And it felt, I never felt like there was more options as far as for for structured team sport Mm -hmm. for boys versus girls.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So it must have been prior to that in which like, was, I
2: think I came more into when it started to become club, when it oh, went away yeah, from playing, you just yeah, played right. softball until you played right. ball until you joined, right? Like Interesting.
0: It, it Interesting. It was that, right? Moved from like accessibility it. into commercialization and specialization. and
2: It was uh, the first waves of when soccer became, you had, it was no longer, okay, just to play AY. Like your kid needed to be playing CY and you needed to figure out what club they should be a part of.
0: Now, what do those two differences mean?
2: So AY. for, yes. So think of it as like AYSO is going to be your um, soccer league that any kid can join. And we're just doing it for fun and play. So Got you it. start, that, you know, when you're anywhere between five years old and it's, uh, and it goes up all the way through high school.
0: You um, mean for- sport at one time was just done for play?
2: You <laughs> just ran around. <laughs> Uh, and then it really was like a yeah I'd say it was probably when I was around 6th grade that it became more of the narrative that you wanted to go into an actual club team which is a team that your parents pay to put you on that's a more competitive league for soccer. Yeah, uh, yeah so interesting.
0: I just picked up on two things there not to not yeah. to discern your story but 6th grade you're starting to become a teen which is the context for our story today. And secondly you threw in the word competition. Right. So maybe that will be reflected in our conversation here in terms of like the differences, sex differences, physical expression, our ideas of freedom of fitness, et cetera. Continue with your story of your uh, of your experiences, Uh, besides just what you're seeing at that period of time.
2: Well, then you don't have at that point you have to choose. Mm. Because if you're playing a sport like that, that's going to require you to play all year round. So you're going to be playing you have, think of it as like, again, if you choose softball or you choose soccer, yeah. you, choose softball, you have your main season in the spring and then you have fall ball now, yeah. which means you can't do fall ball and do soccer.
0: Yeah. Just so we don't, uh, yeah, okay. Just so we don't, um, yeah, for language, we want to say like what we're discussing here is not, so it just doesn't seem like that because we want to be clear on this. We're not just talking about sport, but underpinning of what we're saying there is, options for physical expression. And again, I want to come back, keep coming back to that point is that to take the real audacious approach as an adult to say, is it possible that we could offer uh, differences in not only physical expression, but differences in opportunities for males and females when they're, you know what I'm saying? Cause what, what you're saying and what I, I could tell you the same story for myself quote unquote, the options, because you said choose, right? You choose this. But maybe the choices are not correct. Maybe the choices are not correct for vitality. Maybe the choices are not correct because there's not enough choices.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Maybe the choices are wrong. That's what I'd want. That's what that's I for, want. To
2: that's where I'm going to segue to, right? It was like, okay. choices narrow down. Yeah. As, as, a high, as you're going from middle school to high school as a girl. Yeah. The pieces or the selections of options for you when you hit high school
1: yeah
2: to play sport is like you're either good enough or competitive enough to play for your high school team yeah you're on the the varsity or the jv team
1: yeah
2: one team for the whole entire school yeah versus when you're in middle school you have you know in our school is like our school colors you have the black the gold you have different arrays so that every kid can play a sport Mm -hmm. or active that goes away when you hit high school Mm -hmm. and then you go into what is pe class right which is just socialization really very like in my experience we didn't have a lot of structure you just kind of hang out yeah Um, but in that if for a girl then the only other option becomes dance Mm. you can take as a class which is like right we didn't have option to the weight room
0: yeah so just think about that (laughs) as uh in numbers right like absolute numbers you know like we talked about last time why isn't there you know, the 30 different versions of that avatar concept of dance, right? Why isn't there? I I, I don't know. I, I keep, I keep, uh, my brain keeps stopping after that, you know, because I just think about, again, all the females that get, I'm not going to be afraid to say it, coerced or pushed into other options of physical expression because that's all that exists, I just yeah. can't like my brain just breaks.
2: And that's where it kind of drew me to the point because I think that's where my fitness, if I had a, a phase of life where fitness declined, I would say it was high school because I didn't want to play a team sport because then I you move you lose social time, right? Yeah. I was really history, I was in AP classes. I liked doing a lot of my school and like community curriculum, mm-hmm. which you can't which you can. We see kids doing it and they yeah. have no balance. Yeah. Right? The overreaching of having to do everything. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't very popular to stay in like the um like no one really did a again, like the for fun team sport. Yeah. Because you all you either went to your high school team, or it was like, you know, yeah. not wasn't as popular to do that. Yeah. So my only outlet then was to do dance in school. Which mm. growing up playing sports and being active, I've never enjoyed dance. I, I'll do it, and I've done it, and it's fun. I'll do zumba. Yeah.
1: yeah. You know, but yeah. that's
2: not like my favorite expression of sport of, of yeah. fitness. And yeah. so, there really, was then no outlet from. I'd say sophomore to high school, I mean, until my senior year, other than you do your PE class, which is a very lack of movement, or you do dance. Mm-hmm. And then there's nothing else very much yeah. out there for a teenage girl to do, which yeah. is what I'm now seeing often with a lot of the girls we get inside of our gym is they don't want to play a competitive sport like soccer anymore. Yeah. It's broken them down already,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but there's nothing else out there for them to do. Yeah, they're not allowed into the high school weight room.
0: Yeah. And that's what I'd like to at least uh, for us to, uh, first of all, contend with today, but also start to talk about policy like I have on other uh, another podcast that I do called Fitness in Youth with Daniel Young. We discuss a little bit about that for policies. This would be a little bit more culturally relevant for our conversation today, but I'd like us to get to some understanding of that and for us to shine the light on what we're capable of doing. Right. We forget to do that, Melissa, I think enough where we're where we can say, you know what, we, we can have an effect on our local communities. Right. So if you if you are like me, you get ho-hum in your brain based upon the lack of options there beside what you're calling dance. And I see it as like a splinter of dance that should be offered. Right. Then why can't we offer some form of physical expression for all of those 12, 13, 14, 15 year old young people that could still give them the same physical expression that they stereotypically do feel really good about, right? Regardless of what we think, feel really good about. And then it goes on to allow them to be vital and, and get into government or math or whatever they want to (laughs) do, because it's a great base support. And it's not only quote unquote, oh, it's, it's got to be physical sacrifice for six years, right? Which, I say 50% of the population, and they generally have penises, not vaginas, generally get really, really excited about that notion, really, really excited about that notion. It doesn't mean there's some slight average differences in effect size, etc. But um, that's where I'd like us to get to in conversation. So we could say, hey, there's lots of just like you had happened last week that you mentioned, right? You had a person who had that aha moment, I believe it was a female, correct? Yeah, had yeah, an aha moment about physical expression and what it means and how she can do it. And you opened her mind to that. And you want to touch a little bit on that maybe that, because that still ties into the real life story you could offer.
2: Yeah, I'd, I'd say again, a nice avatar of this is um, we have, or I have a new client. She's 16 turning 17 and doesn't play any sports. And, you know, um, looking for an outlet for her feelings and emotions or her physical aggression sometimes where she's had a frustrating day or she's right. School is very stressful. It's coming up into finals. And the only options really being provided is like to go for a walk or to meditate or journal. And she's like, I have this like aggression in me sometimes that I want to express. And I just like, I've been kind of told that that's not appropriate because I'm a girl. And so we were digging into where does that come from? And she was like, Well, social media, stereotypes, it's like, right, like our outlet, like those are bad feelings to have or we shouldn't have those. Mm. And so, again, if you do have them, journal about them versus when she does physical expression inside the gym, when we move objects or like punching a punching bag, she feels good, that exertion of her energy um, Mm. and that that's okay for her to have those feelings and to have an appropriate fitness outlet for it.
0: Where there's no judgment.
2: Where there's no judgment. Which yeah. turned into, hey, I'm feeling better, right? She had finals last week. She's like, I feel a little bit stressed out for from finals, but I plan on using the gym as my outlet this week to help manage my stress. And this is like the language coming from a 17-year-old girl, right, that just had never been told that it was appropriate or okay to feel aggression sometimes, right? right. Like as a girl yeah. that we didn't have that or, again, The narrative being on social media that when you have those things, go for a walk, yoga or journal Mm -hmm. as the options for a girl to go do.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that story. It's a good reminder, too, for uh, your and my language that we could use on it. If we're speaking about her now and she's not here, we want to change our language over time to it it not being an outlet. You know, and not an outlet for physical aggression. It's an outlet for physical expression.
2: That's where there was no, no outlet for physical expression available for her. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And on that same note, I'd like to say just for those who want to push that whole um, idea that, oh, yeah, you're, you know, you're at times of testing and you're stressed. What you need to do is go for a walk and journal. That doesn't work all the time, you know, but it doesn't mean that the overcorrection should be there. Like, oh, you just need to whip your ass on a Peloton for 30 minutes is the answer. No, because that's still... Uh, an overcorrection to the opposite end. What we're talking about is expressing yourself because you can and that it's for you, right? Now, the outcome will be what you mentioned, Melissa, is that she feels better, cognitively aware, right? But in her brain and what you and I could work on over time is changing their language to say, hey, it's it's not a dose that you want to get in order so that you can feel that way. Do you see what I'm saying
2: there?
1: So say- it doesn't
0: look like it's rehabilitative yeah. or therapeutic.
1: I, I it's think just what it's all- you're
0: capable of doing. In,
2: in consultation, going over looking at what a day looks like for a high school student that sits in a classroom all day yeah. and realizing what's not showing up in their day-to-day is moving their bodies. Mm. Right. So we come to the gym three days a week and she moves objects and plays, but then she also takes her dog out for walks on other days. Yeah. Right? Like or she does other stuff outside that comp right. You know, there's no um, again, if they want to get a punching bag for the garage because Why not? Right? like right, Getting away that there's a right or a wrong on what fitness expression looks like, but we should be doing something that expresses our fitness daily because we can. Mm -hmm. Versus you've been sitting at a desk all day in school, you come home, and now you should go sit down and write all afternoon when you haven't moved your body all day. Let's Mm -hmm. just bring awareness to what was missing in her daily routine.
0: Yeah. And to back up here, this is important conversation because we're talking about the intricate steps that are needed to, to move, right. To move that whole area of, well, there's more than just sport as an option for young people who want to improve physical expression. You can do it in our gyms, right. And you can do it with a coach and it is an, it is an outlet, but it's also allows you to be physically expressive. And the, the thing that I picked up from your thing, your, your point that I think a lot of people, it turns them away from, whatever the options are today, both males and females, because of the judgment. Now, there are are slight differences, I would say, in how judgment is received and how you are perceived by your peers today. I do think that we do have to be, uh, to use the word, uh, modern or current or, you know, uh, relative to the times, you know, because um, as I I wrote down there's some of the, you know, reductionist aversion differences between males and females for this time. And one of the things that keeps popping up is that, sure, I could go off a biology book or a science book and like ramble off peak height, weight differences, uh, reproductive organ differences, changes, developmental, you know, sexual reproduction changes, voice changes, hair. Like there's a bunch of things that biologically take place But, and the big but is, when you get into psychology, cognitive cognition, and sociology, um, the current times is weird. Like, it is different, you know, and I'll just pause on that, if you got any, you know, to tie us back into, like, well, what are the sex differences, not only beyond biology, but for the current landscape, you know, 2022, because I think that's important to discuss. Because we're not, not teens anymore, but we're parents of teens, right? So
2: that's where I saved this topic till we had kind of a little bit of foundation in the previous uh, conversations, because exactly. as we've talked about in the fluidity of gender now, there's also some differences to, yes, bodies are changing, emotions and hormones are changing, but there's also this fluidity of like what's male and female
1: mm-hmm. too,
2: that I think is a different scenario than what was even, you know, 10 that's years right. ago. Yeah. Raising a teenager. Yeah, right. So um, not over or under correcting, but what is like uh, pushing your child into the right direction and not uh-huh. being like, okay, because I have a son that he should be playing football or baseball, right, or doing these group sports either. Maybe it's okay for him just to be coding and not doing any sport at all, because like, that's what he's interested in.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think
2: um, that came up for me, again, just in an experience inside of our own gym is we have someone that's now um, in his early 20s, but at high school age decided he didn't want to play baseball anymore and i met his dad at our holiday party and he was like that was a really traumatic time for me because i'd always thought my son was going to be the athlete i wasn't because he was mm-hmm. so just naturally fit and athletic growing up and then he told me he didn't want to play sports yeah. right he wanted to get into coding and that's what he does and he's you know got a really great career now he works at apple he's very happy but he came into our gym and now he's just expressing his body because he likes to play on the rings and move objects and play and it's become like right like they've the feedback is like We've seen a side of him that we've never seen in confidence, in his social ability. He like has made a lot of friends inside the gym and all these things because he just never had a fitness outlet that wasn't a team sport provided to him as an option.
0: Yeah. It's great you use that particular person because it also makes us you know, just not get in the lane of only looking at female choice and female options, female accessibility, It's uh, both sides of the street. But the the key word that I picked up on, if we could find like a unity, like we try to do inside of all of our conversations, was that word of play and accessibility to play. And then just allowing them to figure out what really works well for them. And this is where I I always sit, you know, convicted when I say like fitness is free of sexual preference, sexual identification, uh, color of skin religious belief, like fitness doesn't care about that. It doesn't. And, and so that's what we need to then, then say, well, what makes to our outside of our point of what, what, what are the differences and how does that apply to what we do? We should also say, what is unifying amongst both sexes? And I think you just nailed it with your example of that individual of bringing up again, the word play. Now, I think we could probably get into the weeds. Maybe, you know, you could, you could take a stab at it. If we were to say, how would that utopic version of the 12 to 18-year-old female's journey versus the 12 to 18-year-old male's journey, what would that look like in practical sense, in the practicality sense of the word play? Are you understanding what I'm asking there? If you could, like, take a stab at what that might look like? Yes, because I do
2: believe it does look different. It does. Yeah, I agree with I, I you. I watched but... the girls socialize inside. We have I watched our teen girls socialize inside the gym, right? And I see how they interact with their fitness, and it is different than the same age males. There's a little bit of competitiveness within, oh, yeah. like watching him deadlift and then her being able, to, like come home and say, I deadlifted more than him today. Right. There's like a, you've come from sport. There's still that little aspect of it, mm-hmm. but the girls do enjoy socialize. I think the aspect of socialization much more. Mm. So you could have a pot of girls working out inside of our gym and they're going to be talking on their uh, on the, in their rest times and giggling and having a little bit more of just like talk than yes. boys that are going to come in that are a little bit more atypical that want to come in. They want to do their sets. They're a little bit more to themselves and they're there to express fitness. Mm -hmm. They're much more goal oriented. And we've talked about this and just male um, expression. Yeah. Like how can we create an environment where girls can come in? They can do their goblet squats. They can do their ring rows and have fun and and play. Right. But it's not so much like a one, a two. We're resting two minutes in between each set. What is, what is youth language versus adult language? I guess maybe the language or the intention is like, Hmm. you're going to do some squats. You're going to do some ring rows. You're going to do this four or five times talk as much in between each set. So they have Mm -hmm. that ability for socialization, but it's not so centered around like the outcome being, you need to be resting exactly doing this tempo and all these things.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Awesome. That warms my heart. Uh, Stuff that I would say in different language, but again, we're touching on things that as a professional Mm -hmm. or a parent or a policymaker who's listening in could say, I never thought of going beyond the unification process. So let's, let's bring us back to, again, our CrossFit (laughs) story, right? Which always, you know, it's fairly interesting because on the, on the starting point of the CrossFit story was like, oh, wow, males and females can do this together. And we were all like, yeah, okay. But deep inside of it, a year went on, two years went on, three years went on, you could see splices, right? Where it's like, yeah, but the males want to become the highest on the scoreboard and the female, and again, this is an effect size, the females, it's not like they didn't want to be in class or that they didn't want to do it, but they wanted to do it for a deep different reason, right? And that's what I think we missed when we started making it uber competitive, right? Now on the back end, I dealt with all the issues of the physical manifestations that came from that, right? Trying to rehab females and the reproductive, you know, issues. Turning males from hypogonadal to having any form of libido after all the physical sacrifice. So I, I, I tried to, you know, to correct all that shit. But I, it took me a while to back up and say, isn't it possible? To your point, Melissa, right there, we could have done it differently. We could have done it differently, and not still you know what I'm saying? And not still look like we're we're kind of having women's gyms and men's gyms. Do you know what I'm saying? Is there, you know, and I think you nailed it. That's why it warms my heart is that it comes down to the coach's individual prescription, right? The creativity in that individual prescription that allows what you're saying to happen, right? It allows the female to see physical expression as an example, to f- see physical expression as more than a 20 minute beatdown right? In which she has to be better than everyone else. Do you see that? And I I don't care about the better than anyone else or the competition. I don't care about that. It's the perception of embedded behaviors that get locked. It gets locked inside of her. It ruins her brain. It ruins her brain around what physical expression is, right? Instead, they could be meeting Melissa and Melissa may say, you know what? You're going to do these things. It's going to allow quote unquote, in different words, a non-stereotypical conversation around socialization, enjoyment, physical expression, you know, dare we say nurturing, teaching other peoples, taking care of others, being empathetic, you know, things that may like resonate where that, where that young female is like, really? Fitness can be like that? We're like, yeah, that's what physical expression could be like. Anyways, thank you for mentioning so
2: with that because you can put them in a setting again where it doesn't need to be all levels the same you can have a new youth come into that group and there's someone that's been there again autonomy has been there for a year that helps with weight selection oh start with this right this is we're doing squats today right and they already know because if you're if you're teaching how to move correctly and how to do things right then it does allow different ones within the group to kind of have some leadership there they can have a friend come join in and they can kind of be like, oh, this is what we're doing today. This is how we set up the rings, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like it allows them again just the opportunity to take they own their own fitness there.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because um, I, I think back to the times where I group together uh young hockey players, males, and then I work with female teams, mm-hmm. um, female soccer, volleyball, swimming, ice hockey, etc. And you had to, you had to, as a coach, design differently. So I just want to re- keep rehashing on the point that there is a secret sauce inside the design that a CrossFit class is not going to get you. It's not going to get you regardless of what you want to think it's going to get you, right? And so I, I just keep reflecting back to, like I see from my daughter, for example, who goes to some trainers that are connected to her soccer club, and they have the greatest time, right? The greatest time. Now, mind you, uh, being the, you know, the biased dad, I'm asking her, well, what patterns did you do during the session, right? And she can't recollect, but she's like, but dad, you know what? It was fun. You know what? You know, see that? And like it connected, et cetera. Yeah, it's where I I used to speak to those young uh, hockey players, as an example. They didn't care about fun. They wanted to know if they beat their buddy in a specific deadlifting or a workout. Do Do you see the difference there? Like there's something that we could honor inside of those differences, that could still be applied inside of the fitness thing. Like it goes back to what I mentioned of using the um, let's call it background characteristics of people versus things and the background characteristics of expression and how that differs between the two of them, knowing that we could all certainly do it. Um, but recognizing there are some slight differences that we can't be afraid of offering, right? Like I wrote down there for just to remind people uh, those feminine Feminine now, not female, feminine, expressive traits, creativity, dynamics, variety, nonlinear, circular, flow, adaptive, and collective. And masculine traits would be linear, mission, competition, direct, straight, reactive, individual, and maximum. So yeah. you see, the you know it does, that does not mean again, and I'll repeat, and we'll probably say this a thousand times, it doesn't mean that those are stereotypical of male and females, but... But when the systems are stressed, when the systems are maximally stressed, you do have a diversion. You do have a diversion. And we're talking about that. We're talking about maximal physical expression of differences between teens and recognizing that and somehow coming to a consensus as to what that's going to look like for what you're, what they're offering.
2: And I think you just I think we need to understand that as coaches because yes. right that's been a team conversation of and it's um, not
0: just sport that's the only thing we're not also sure. saying
2: I, I can even see this again as an adult right inside yeah. of a not to, to digress from our conversation but you know we have uh, most of our people come to the same days and times you see the same faces it is a community setting so um, just naturally there's a group of women that typically talk to each other at the 5 45 a.m all the time they're all around the same age right so it's like they're not there they're there to be fit they're not yeah. there to right? To, I guess, some days we're going to talk more than our 90 second rest.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So why are we there? we they're mm-hmm. just smooth, right? And that just naturally occurs. It's already just naturally developed within that group, that time frame, where there's some men that at the same time, they come in and they are very like, to the point, they come in to get their workout done. They have exactly, you know, an hour before their day starts and they're there with intention. Mm-hmm. It, that can all coexist in the same place. In an individual design though. In individual design right? Yeah. Because all those women are still doing their own programs or all that, but I'm not going to yell at them because like you're digressing, right? You yeah. need to be back into like, yeah. Hey guys, what are we here for? We're here for fitness. Yeah.
0: Good point. So, yeah. We're
2: here for connection. Move. Man, that's
0: and a that- good point. And that's why Chloe enjoys that soccer session. And you just hit on a good point too, to bring it back to teens. You can see this take place. If you watch uh, great coaches, cause I'm, I'm lucky that Chloe has a great coach in soccer he he says that he dislikes coaching the males of the same age, right? And I'm not sure if you remember this, but I was the same way. I loved coaching females for a number of different reasons, but it's because that as a coach, I had that opportunity of creativity and flow and adaptive uh, mentality. So I kind of, it worked well for me, but I could I could see that in coaching females besides the other thing, which is a whole other topic in terms of real hard work and, uh, you know, who's really tough, et cetera. That's a whole different conversation. But I, I love the fact that this particular coach for Chloe recognizes he wants them to, first of all, have fun and enjoy each other's setting. Do you see that? And when he does, when he does it with the males, he says they don't want to come in and do that. And, 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 and he's, he's okay with it, but that's not what they're there for. Do You see what I'm saying? They're there to like work on skills, hit nine out of 10 goals on penalty kick practice. Like that's what they're there for. But with the girls, it's different. So anyways, I brought it from the adult setting down to the females to see that to your point of your point on, it looks like they're, they're being uh, out to lunch with their physical expressions. Like, no, that's what makes them feel good relative to it. So I think, I think we can find a way for those groups. Which
2: goes into, we go back to just like the differences in teens and what's available, right?
0: Availability or accessibility. Uh, Can we, before we get to accessibility, can you give any any insight into um, some of the major, because I just had a list of written down there of the biological, psychological, sociological differences, just so we can back up as an approach to say, number one, we are in agreement that in individual design for these groups, there are some differences. And number two, then maybe you could, what I'm asking is maybe you can give a slight example it doesn't have to be generalized but a slight example of how you would offer a different style of a program Um, you know because i just thought about peak height weight differences uh menses for females um uh hips become wider shoulders become wider in the differences right as as the developmental stages occur now, what I just talked about there those are physical manifestations, and in fitness, it's a physical world. It's not like people are coming in and we're just like singing or having conversation no we're we're stressing the physical system. So I was wondering if you could just before we get to the accessibility uh conversation, uh maybe a slight you know interesting point that you're like, well, for this fourteen year old female, uh, I took this into consideration. For this male, I took this into consideration. Maybe if you can share anything.
1: Well,
2: on, on the physical considerations, it's like when I think where we're seeing now in sport is that we don't talk about menses in sport. And that's become a problem now, or right, or a liberation of like what's changing now with working with actual competitive athletes in their 20s and older. Is like all of us are saying, We wish our coaches had understood this to talk to us about this. Because just knowing. So if you do have like when we start going into working with females, when we first start our periods, cramping flow typically are going to be their heaviest or their most extreme when we're first starting out. Hormones are at their most fluctuation. So think of it from that perspective is that you have a 14 year old girl who's getting her period for the first time. That's going to impact how she feels inside the gym. And that may not be something that anyone knows how to talk to her about. So there's that part of it. Yeah, that and that's
0: important. Just so we can pause it for a second. Just by saying that. You know, we just have to recognize, think of that young individual in regards to their physical expression maximization, right? Think about that. And the reason why we're saying it is that you have to remember males will not have that occur. So then you have to say, well, how do I design around that? Well, you have to be for, for the males more, more uh, linear based in terms of the improvements and adaptation and considerations. But for the females, it's, it has to be reactionary based upon how they're doing with regards to their uh feelings and emotions as well as their physicality right and i i just want to i just want to mention that so that because i think in today's day and age it seems as if you're not being tough enough if you take that into consideration yeah. i personally find that disgusting but i could see how someone finds that particular statement uh, repulsive right it's like oh so you're saying that females uh uh, can't do that during your other period. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. You're thinking I said that. But what what a coach needs to recognize is that that is, that has to be taken into consideration.
2: Yeah, and and I say it because again, especially for the 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 female that's in her first first three years of coming into a cycle, again, it's normal for the symptoms to be at their most extreme. Mm-hmm right? Flow is going to typically be slightly heavier in that first year. Cramping may be a little more extreme too. And that is right to like, to, I know it just in like, you know, coming back into regaining my cycle and being more intuitive with my body is like, if I'm on a very linear progression and it's a very heavy flow day, it may not be my best pulling day. But if I have things already laid out that I should be Doing certain types of expression that day, then it feels like I'm disappointing either the program, my coach or anything like that, especially at an adolescent age. So to say that women and men can't, can't do the same program design, we can, but what is the mental impact of coming in, have having your body tell you one thing, but then being told to do what's written down on a piece of paper?
0: Yeah. And that's where it comes back into the coach being able to recognize that and not just saying, oh, it's just 20 minute Metcon for everyone we'll just scale it and get all get the same result. It's not, it's not going to be the same outcome. Um, I'll speak on the male, uh, behalf for it. Some of the things that, uh, are not only particular to males, but we can take into consideration just based upon your personal anecdote there. Coordination changes happen through puberty and pubescent changes, um, based upon this peak height versus peak weight changes that occur for males. Um, And males, although, again, it's almost like a cultural stereotype that they don't think this happens, you'll see it happen with, you know, you could see it happen even on the same team of males, of soccer players, as an example. We'll just use it as an avatar. You'll have males lose a soccer game and half of them will be crying and the other half will just be joking around with their buddies looking to eat a sandwich within 15 minutes. So all I'm saying is that inside of this, what people don't see that happens, and they don't, you know, take it into consideration, there's a lot of emotional turbulence that happens in the in the developmental changes that occur in reproductive changes, reproductive sex changes, as well as like the building of testosterone building of hormones, et cetera, that occurs during these times for males. Now, That doesn't need, it's still not going to change up your reflection back to our point of the differences in females in a monthly cycle that you can take into consideration. No, but you do need to recognize that there are individual group differences inside of that for males. And I would just like to make mention of that so that we don't just assume, oh, it's just a straight line. You know, after six months, there's an increased testosterone. So it should look like this for all 14 year olds, all 15 year olds. No, that's not the case, right? You have to recognize that, yeah, as you get further and further in there, I would use the word maturity, um, maybe peak aggressiveness, peak competitiveness is generally going to occur around that 16, 17, 18-year-old male, if you know what I'm saying. And you're not going to get the quote-unquote as effect size, you know, uh, a large percentage of them that are breaking down emotionally after a loss, right? Now, I don't I – don't, please don't, you know, mince my words by saying that that must be an opposite sex thing. It's not, you just need to recognize the individual design is still, is still has to be at play for males, you know, but what goes inside of it could be slightly different than than females with regards to the physical expression.
2: And then we also, there's two other parts of the females. You were talking about the broadening of the hips. Yeah. So how is that going to impact gait, right? the valvicing of the knees and things like that, yeah. just depending on, again, development is going to happen differently for um, for every single child today. We know that some girls um, go through puberty much earlier now. So there's all different things happening at different times. So we can't just like generalize when that's going to occur, but that is going to change how their, their ability to squat, their ability to do different patterns, how you see them run lunge and things like that, that can change so much in those years. Um,
1: yeah. This, um, then
2: we're talking about breast development. So we're going to see, yeah. right. A difference in um, as breasts develop, that can also be a very sensitive time where mm-hmm. like it really can be to the point where you're putting a sports bra on for a girl who's just coming into developing her breast can be very painful. So yeah. if we're doing a bunch of burpees or we're telling kids to do a bunch of sprawls or things like that, it yeah. could actually be painful. Yeah. Um, again, for some girls, putting a, a sports bra on can be excruciatingly painful to have that pressure. So mm-hmm. uh, that may not be something that a kid in your kid class is going to say like, my boobs are really sore today. I don't want to do burpees. Yeah, leave the classroom or, or cry or just not want to be a part of the activity.
1: Yeah.
0: Awesome. Awesome reminders. Um, Yeah. I'm just giggling about all the mistakes I made in understanding these things when I first started with folks. Um, but then coming back to my daughters as well and giving getting them feedback based upon how they feel. Um, so that was, thank you. That was a good reminder based upon that. Um, I also like to point out again that the fixes for all those to be reductionist back to your point on cue angle, hip changes, but we could also take into consideration to make it a unifying message for males and upper girth, et cetera. This is where individual design works best for all of those answers. Just for coaches listening in, they're like, oh, it must be complex. You know, I have to take into consideration changes in the width of the hips over four months relative to lunges and and, uh, whatever. It's like, no, if you're doing... A group class for 13 year old females, right? And all you're doing is the most recent fancy trends of power, speed, agility, right? Then, yeah, you deserve to, have, you deserve, well, unfortunately, but you deserve for them to get injured, right? Because you're not taking into consideration the individual developmental speed differences for those females, and we could also say it for males, let's say it for what I see happen anyways, is the tremendous amount of time and effort that's put into surgeries and orthopedics, to your point, of that young male who's 18 with a shoulder injury. Why? Because they were throwing a thousand balls a day when they were 10. You see, so listen, it's not just a quote-unquote Oh, let's take into consideration ACL non-contact injuries for females at 14. No, no, no. No, males don't get out of that also, right? But how how is this fixed? Back to your point of like treating it differently per sexes, individual design, focus on what you're good at. If you're listening in as a coach, absolute strength fixes everything. Individual design of absolute strength fixes everything. Why? Because you can adapt. So let's say, as an example, the female comes in as a general characteristic, right? The female comes in, that individual female comes in and she doesn't, quote unquote, feel up for it, feel, you know, let's call it more sensitive, both physically and emotionally. What, what can you still do for both, right? But we'll just say for females, absolute strength fixes everything because you can adapt relative to how they're doing for that day and next week and three weeks, and six weeks, et cetera. It's when you get into dynamic contractions, fancy power agility, bullshit stuff that's just trendy, but it's not effective. That's where we get into trouble. Just so just so people can say, well, oh, oh the answer is just OPEX gyms. Well, it actually is. But in practicality, what is inside of it? It's that we're going to give you an individual design of good principles regardless. Regardless. Regardless of the developmental differences and changes, right? Yeah. So this is where we could we could jump in here and help.
2: And I know I've hit the female side a lot more today, but I think it was I'm happy to. No, it's important. On, on, on like,
0: reflective of what's important, right?
2: right? So we know we know that teen girls are the highest at risk for ACL tears now, but we know likewise that boys now in high school are having more Tommy John surgeries than you know, yeah, collegiate. Athlete. It's the same reflection. So, but I'd say it's the same thing as like we just talked on boys peak development typically is happening between 16 and 18. So if you take a 14 year old boy and you're trying to put as much lean mass on him as possible before he's hit 16, we are going to see a lot of injury. We're going to see a lot of gut health issues when we're trying to, like I had a parent say, you know, he's like a baby cat. I have to force feed him. He's not hungry, but we need to put mass on him right by his junior year for um for high school football. Now the kids got chronic back pain from over from, from deadlifting because the only thing that we can think of is he needs to be getting stronger, bigger
0: and stronger. Right. Yeah.
2: Well, I, and oh, that and. that's where I say for boys, it is the same thing as we're not taking into account truly really where they are physically in yeah. development.
0: Yeah. Well, that's because there's 14 year old boys remember that are six feet tall with beards. Yeah.
1: We we have both. We have both. And then
0: then there's that 14 year old boy who is only like a year into puberty who has to, because of his age, try to compete with that. You (laughs) see, that's so. This is where, again, it's a good point. This is where sport poisons everything. It does with regards to free physical expression, because sport also creates this categorization as to where young people should fit in for physical expression. Do you see what I'm saying? So you and I always fall prey for it as well. We overcorrect. Sports should be seen as a horrible social experiment to learn from. We should see it as a horrible social experiment to learn from, meaning we get to say things like that. Why do those males end up with Tommy John surgery at 19, right? That doesn't mean you go back and try to fix it. No, you should say, that shit's stupid. That's, That's illogical, right? And what we're taking into consideration vitality for young males and females who want to get to reproductive age, have an unbelievable life, full physical expression, full cognitive expression. You need to have that on a great base support of a good brain and a good shoulder. You know what I'm saying? So that's where sport kind of convolutes stuff. But it doesn't mean we're not going to talk about it because it's it's an example of maximal physical expression. So good kudos. Good point on saying that for males, it's going to be the same thing occurrence and for females for that. But look at what we're saying. We're talking about it. We're talking about sport, right? And that's where it just gets, again, which uh, finally we can come back to maybe if it's the right timing to your point on accessibility for each of those and how we could maybe change that. So we can take into consideration the sex differences, but also come up with ideas and options that you were uh, uh, doing a great job of of talking about that for individual design.
2: Uh, Well, so for that part, I try to look it up. (laughs) Like Fitness options for teenagers, and there's nothing on the internet
1: for for this.
2: You get some very inappropriate things. I was like, well, like I don't know how this all' entered into like new teen like as a, a thing where I'm like teen youth sports for boys came some like very like inappropriate things popped up on like the feed. And if I'm a parent, I'm like gonna be very alarmed by that um, yeah. but also it was like the only thing that came up for me when I looked up was like rock and jump, which is like a jumpy house for um. For usually, like you know, I think elementary kids in that age bracket. I mean, you can go do a jump house if you're older, but again, uh, I don't know. If for a kid that's in development, jumping on a trampoline might <laughs> might be not the only answer. I would like to be able to take them to, and I know it's going to be primarily elementary age kids.
0: Although my my daughter, there's a place in in I'm not discounting that because you mentioned it. We did have a trampoline, which gave us actually that's that's false because from age three to 12 my girls were on there every day in our trampoline in our house and what they Chloe loved going with her friends to this place called tKr which is yeah. a, like a full-on trampoline gymnasium for jumping so I'm not just saying that yeah. thats saying it, like, that's,
2: I, that's I a good saying, one. On that's, like, that's usually you go there for like a group event or something it's not yes. something like you can like just go on a daily basis and go to like that by yourself like that's not really like I I guess you could, but usually it's like, you're going to go with a group of friends. You're going to go for a hangout type of socialization event, but there was really primarily nothing outside of that. And then it took you into hobbies, like, like, um, for youth fitness and sport, it like then even like pottery class came up and things like that, that really had nothing to do with actually fitness. Um, so if there was, I couldn't find a single thing in our immediate area Mm -hmm. that was just expression of fitness. Actually, the, um, only other option that came up was ice skating rink. So ice skating rink and rock and jump are the two options, which two options, yep. but um, accessibility again, um, hockey costs money or skate rinks cost money. You have to pay yep. your, I mean, you have to pay to rent um, your skis, right? I mean, your not your, skis, your skates. Um, and that's still going to be like dependent again on when it's open for um, open skate versus when it's being utilized for hockey and um, sport.
0: Yeah, you, uh, well... I forgot about that one, but that's an important thing, right? It goes back to our principles of what we want to, you know, eventually get to is that, and I say eventually, it's probably like a 30-year march, but we want to get to the point where, you know, most humans see that fitness is free and that they can actually just, you know, like I used to say, come out of the womb and then, you know, everyone in your family and your peers, it's just expected that you just do physical expression every day. So we don't have all the you know, commercial interest and the money that goes into like teaching people about this, like that, yeah, that's a utopic version. But I want to start from there and back up to your, your, your true point to remember, if, if there's a cost to anything, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't negate it as a physical expression opportunity. But just remember that fitness, in my words, fitness is free. So it should just like raise some sensitivities to anyone who says, oh, I just hear James say that, you know, always question when there is a cost. Yes, that doesn't mean you still can't participate in it, but always question that. Now, the reason why you should do that as a per- just a user looking at fitness, because I want people to fall in love with like, i.e. doing lunges and pushups with their friends and also going for walks and recognizing that's very vital for a full great life for fitness, right? Now, there's more to it, obviously, when in physical expression, et cetera, but I'm glad you brought up that point because... I think that this is the thing that I think it's different when we say the biological, psychological, sociological model for current times back to teens and differences for activity. I think that it's embedded now in the culture, correct me if I'm wrong, that what you're doing and if others can see it matters more than the actual doing of physical expression. Would you agree that's the case today versus 30 years ago? Yes. And how do we take that into consideration then with our utopic concept of, you know, low cost, uh, uh, freedom, autonomy for fitness for teens?
2: You can't check into the, I guess you can check into the park on your, on your Instagram to say, you went to the park today, (laughs) but it's not the same as saying you, did a full cycle. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I think that's it, right? Everything is, you have to share your experience or show your experience of where you're going and what you're doing. Um, so more the- so
0: for females, teens, I'm speaking on behalf of my girls. I know that's the case. I don't have two boy young boys today, but I'm not sure if you know, of uh, young boys and if they like look out and go, well, it's kind of important that my, my peers see that I'm doing this. Is it, is it similar?
2: It is, but it's, I think it's very interesting to watch that dynamic because they'll post it, but they'll delete it. They'll post the flex in the gym, right? Interesting. Show the muscle, but then the next day that's gone. Even on, even on something not like TikTok. Right. Uh, Cause I watch, we have quite a few. Yeah. Yeah. yeah few boys that have gone from 13 to like uh-huh. 16 now and to watch their, how they've grown.
0: Yeah. Uh,
2: the Interesting. I
0: think you're picking up, up on something that that's culturally relevant though today that wouldn't been around, you know, do you know what I'm saying? I was trying to think of the young hockey players, you know, in ni- in the nineties that I coached, they didn't give a shit about what their peers outside the gym were thinking. Right. They just that's wanted to it. beat their buddy in the gym next to them. You know what I'm They you didn't do, care yeah. about the perception outside.
2: Uh, I, I'd say that's different. That is different today is not where it used to be just performance for boys, for males today, even at teenage age, it is much more aesthetic based along with performance. So now there is a difference of like, yes, you want to be the best football player out there. But it also is going to be much more of like, what do what do you aesthetically look like?
0: Yeah, now I I understand that a tiny bit more. Because remember, on our previous episode, we talked about you can read Jeffrey Miller's The Mating Mind, yeah. uh, ornamentation, you know, getting yourself and to talk about the male here, the masculine endeavor of competition, uh, being competitive amongst other males to to get the female, like all these things are embedded inside of what culturally seems appropriate, right? So it makes sense to me more so for young males to quote unquote, look around and go, yeah, geez, you know, I need to strengthen myself, get stronger, quote unquote, look better in my mind so that others see that because innately, biologically I think evolutionary psychologically and biologically it makes sense because you want to be the strongest best version of yourself because of your competitive nature to kind of get in front to find the mate over time that's embedded inside of you right so but it still doesn't mean that it being super important right that you become provocative narcissistic and and uh, performative right uh, but are you are you sensing what I, are you understand what I'm sensing there for young males today and making sense of that? Like I know why they would want to do
2: it. I know why they would want to do it, but I'd I'd say it's getting slightly distorted, right? Because oh,
0: again, agree. I'm,
2: agree. I'm It to be like That's a,
0: what I meant. It's moved. It's moved outside of that. It making sense to it being <laughs> because, performative.
2: Because it's performative. Because right now, right, some of the aesthetics may not even be as physically it may not even transfer into performance anymore or right. Like to think of it as like stronger, faster. No, I meant
0: performative as like, <laughs> yeah. as like uh Hey, look at me kind of thing.
2: But I, I think of it now as like where, you know, I think we talked about last uh, on a previous one of like, now these TikTok kids creating things and content to like how to create this Dorito shape, right. The um like the new in form for boys being again, <laughs> Really broad shoulders and small. Is it waist. actually
0: called Doritos?
2: Or the Dorito. Like you want Why be- don't
0: they call it broccoli shape? I mean, it's the same triangle.
2: You want the t You want the broad shoulders, but you want the really narrow waist. Broccoli and- looks
0: better. It's thicker <laughs> at the top.
2: So on that, actually, that would be better. Broccoli would have been better. But that can also be to the point of detriment, right? When we want to have such a, like, it's much, it's with that Dorito being very, very cut. So it's like if we're talking about under 10% body fat, again, for a a teen boy Mm. or something like that, it's like um, from an actual vitality standpoint, it's no longer about actually being like high testosterone for a female. It's much more of the aesthetic look and what that visually um, looks like to your peers. Yeah, no doubt. Give me a second. You wouldn't be showing yourself shirtless all the time 10 years ago without social media to be able to do a quick Snapchat or TikTok of yourself shirtless you wouldn't be doing that inside your home and sharing that with the rest of the world because unless you had a camera you were going to go get developed, that
1: wouldn't be like something you would be showing off as, I think, just easily. Yes. (laughs) So just that being, uh,
2: so just the digital world making it different for boys today to... Uh, or distorting um, the mating into beyond just like trying to be fit. And it's a, that it, is an overcorrection based off, um, I guess over the ability to overshare the personal side of your life with the yeah. world. And inside
0: of that, just so we don't seem like we're um, uh, not that I really care, but I mean, people may think it if you don't jump on board with that idea, I could show you a thousand examples of people that didn't focus on that for performance, you know, mating ornaments, you know, uh, you know, ornaments, meaning your pecs and shoulders um, or your tail, you know, glutes. Uh, They didn't focus on that, but they still ended up getting the girl and having a great life. And they looked good. Right. So from my my perspective of looking good, not what they you know, I'm saying not your overcorrected three percent body fat looking good. And we talked about that on our first episode of perceptions. Right. Like (laughs) it's it's I find it actually it's like a psychosis. Really, that they think because culture has told them, oh, they they, they, the opposite sex definitely prefers this. And then when you when you pull the other the group, they're like, no, we actually don't (laughs) prefer that. It's like, what are we doing? You know, so basically you're only being performative for your own sex from, from what the culture told you, (laughs) but I'm giggling because it's not even vital. It doesn't even get you the girl. Uh, This is, Anyways, my, uh, I, so I just want to jump, keep going on your point of it's been an overcorrection for both sexes, for both sexes, uh, of it being performative beyond only just doing it for, uh, uh being like i call it being choosy or being competitive yeah. you know on either side and uh we we're gone we're gone too far on that with regards to i think the the options for it but you did hit on a good point which you know bring basically why it brought us here for this conversation there is a solution and it is to treat each of the male and the female team <laughs> as a generalized difference, but, and this is what we just finished on, recognize the cultural differences today, right? Because remember you and I, our brains are, have been our, like I call it competent coach brains from 2000 to 2010. You know what I'm saying? Like our brains grew as a coach in that period, but it's not 2010, right? So we, we need to recognize like, you do have to take into consideration, just to your point, right? Imagine the coach, Melissa, just think about that. Imagine the coach who listens to this goes back and is like, oh, uh, I heard it, you know, from the voices. Uh, it's stupid to, to, uh, to, to do this, this particular thing that I'm doing, you know, for, the, for these young males. No, 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 no. You have to take into consideration and sense what the expectations are for, and this is where again I fall back on the positivity besides the OPEX gym and the individual design. You get to have these conversations with these young people. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not like it just is you just write it on the board and it just works out, right? You get to have these conversations. Where you get to say something like that. Listen, I'm sure you're probably thinking that if you do this, right, the Dorito and all that, you're gonna you're gonna get the girl. Yeah. Who told you that? Right? At least that conversation you get to. You get to start. It's not saying you're in disagreement with it, but you get to make that young mind as they're becoming aware of more abstract things and complex topics, which is very important for this young person. You need to throw that over to the other side of the table for this 14 year old. They deserve to get that heterodox concept and heterodox opinion, right? Now, it doesn't mean you and them are going to be able to come up with a solution for it, but I can tell you it always works out in the end when they recognize, yeah, when I leave OPEX Cura and I go out, Melissa was right. This society is telling me that I need to do this, but it's not real, right? It's not real. It's not, it's actually not what's vital for me and what's important. So I just wanted to go back on that to say that that could be a solution is that individual design, having mentors and people in your community like Melissa and their gym, they could at least give you that um, as opposed to quote unquote, you know, the, the, lesser options, let's say, and for what we're agreeing upon still correct the lesser options for females specifically as teens for that ages and how to do it how to go about doing it I think yeah. something if you're I'm not sure if you're feel the same way is is it is it possible that it probably would be more difficult to implement the individual design concept for male teens today because of the because of the massive social push to a sporting environment or are you sensing that there's a
1: change Uh, possibly occurring it
2: it is really difficult um you know i'd say we've experimented with it a lot the last two years um because one of our coaches is like that is his passion is uh two is the 13 to 30 year old um is like who he truly enjoys working with and um it's really hard because once they hit high school level, most of their coaches aren't going to want them to be doing anything outside of what the team's doing. So they are typically required to train in the weight room with the team um, to do all of their conditioning with the team, which I understand from a team, you know, community, like wanting them to be together. But um you really can't have a kid doing something like what they do inside of an OPEX gym. You can sometimes get them for summer breaks and we just have to manage our expectations of the time we'll have with them and mm. more, of the, more of having um, impact by conversation and that mentorship of questioning the why's, why are we doing this? How do you feel in those things? So I think it's really fortunate if we can have them during middle school, mm. to just develop a really great foundation of just awareness um, and intuition about their bodies and what feels right mm. to then carry on when they get into high school. But it is typically hard unless they're playing an individual sport like tennis or um, golf, yeah. then we can usually like those are the ones that we can typically keep with us year round or, you know, um, but. Otherwise. Yeah. So I'm trying
0: to think about shining the beacon out to those. Uh, Cause I, let's just take the, let's just take our assumption, right. That at 12, there's, Plethora of options for males, right? For let's call it physical expression. I'm not going to get into saying if it's sport, whatever, just physical expression. There's a plethora of options. I'm also not saying that those are great options, right? I think the intentions of them are generally physical sacrifice and a whole bunch of other poisonous shit that's inside a sport, but it's still physical expression, right? So I'm talking about sending out a beacon that says, hey, 12 year old young male who doesn't want to get into sport, right? What do you do? And that's why I was asking, and I, I think you're in agreement with me, that there is, it's going to be difficult, I think, to to like, and it, just to make it, you know, reduce down to not everyone's doing that. But if you're just doing video games or code, how do you get in front of those individuals, young males, to somehow inspire them to still be physical in a digital world, right? Because I think, and I know even from my, let's call it polling or consulting They the gig the gig is up for them. They're more intelligent than you think. They know that they don't need to do movement. They see the physical expression of young males in sport as stupid. They're like, why would you want to do that to yourself? Right? Only 0.03% of you actually make it to the point where you can make a living off this, you know? They they know this and we're like, no, no, no. Those kids are. Uh, you know, they're just recluses, and they they don't know much. No, they're very, very intelligently aware, right? And that's somehow what may have may get them into those quote unquote things and the specialization of things, which is ones and zeros, video games, uh, creative imagination of that of that space. and it's in a non-physical space. so uh, i'll'll
2: there's yeah. one I mean, so there's again, I still see an opex gym. Uh, it's like yeah. one of the, one of the solutions, um, but also, it's a weird world where there's, like, um, Twitch is a thing where you can watch someone. It's a streaming thing that a lot of gamers do. Yes. So, Twitch is, like, if you're gaming and someone wants to watch you game, you can, they can sign on and they just watch you stream playing a video game. Hmm. But they do that with all different things now. So, um, a lot of those same gamers are getting into, like, if they are fit, they'll stream themselves to the working out. Hmm. So... It seems a little weird, but we have quite a few gamers and like offer like for their Twitch followers. They'll like go to the gym and like they'll stream themselves training and -hmm. then that can like inspire other people to want to be fit. This is a whole world that has developed. They have groups now that will do meetups uh, where their Twitch community will like come to a gym and meet up. Um, But this is something that has developed, I'd say, primarily really big throughout COVID to today. Um, But it's a streaming world where you just stream what you do and then people can be inspired to also try to do fitness because they see you doing fitness and then they'll do meetups to hang out. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know it seems world, but um, I know it's really big in that. Uh, I know yogis are getting really into the Twitch streaming thing because people can stream your sequence and try to like do it with you. And okay. it would be low okay. barrier because you don't have to turn your camera on. Yeah. So this yeah. is where some instructors I know have like, felt like they've been able to make connections to people that may not be, um, secure enough to go out and do it in front of their peers. They can, you can be streaming your yoga. They can be doing it with you with their camera off, but still Mm. trying it.
1: Mm.
0: Okay. Yeah. This, I I guess where I am, you know, I get smirky on that is because I'm hesitant, of course, of the digital landscape and the lack of relationships inside of fitness. Right. So that, you know, that's where I, I dig into all the shit that's in my brain on the the dystopic concept of, you know, Pelotons, you know, mirror, you know, all the concept that look like they're all so good. People are moving. We're all together on this. Actually, no, you're just making money for three people and you're thinking that a parasocial relate, you know, you you can see my, my irk on that is not, is not the best because it takes us away from anyways, I'll discontinue. that So that's where I get irky on that particular idea, but I got to get, I got to grow a little bit more mature in terms of the realism of what's the entry points again, back to that beacon for that young male, who's not going to go into sport. How do you get them into that? Right. Like how do you, I just, for, as an example, um, I'll just make it uh, personal of uh, Saturday night. Uh, uh, we went to Jeff brands, who's you know, Jeff brand a physical therapist. Yeah. He has this big Christmas party. And anyway, I got to see his young kid. I haven't seen in a long while. And uh, I, but I know that he plays um, football. I think it's football or soccer. I think soccer, maybe Tyler. Anyways, um, and you could just see that it's it's a big part of his world. It's a big part of his world. But I also do know that there's a host of those young kids like that who don't get into soccer. And he's twelve, right? Or eleven, or twelve, or thirteen. And I just think of the, I just think of all the. I'll just think of all the lost boys, <laughs> right? The lost boys of uh, who do not get that like inspiration to, to see physical expression as something that's important, right? Because it, they're just embedded in this cognitive digital culture. Um, and they're not going to come to appreciate. And I don't think it's going to be fixed by the wees, Right. And the, and this, but see, I know we, we giggle at that, but, but that's what I see the yoga class as and Peloton. I see them all in the same thing together. It's this farce of physical expression, but it's not. It's, you know, because I don't know if you know that, but it, there's lots of sh- studies on it. It it just ends up in dismay. People's pe- People end their Peloton members, like I could go on and on in terms of it. Yeah. Never, there's no sustainability inside of it, right? There's no progression. Like all the things that we talk about inside of individual design, right? Like I'm going to give you things, you know, in six months that is go- are going to give you things for three years that are going to give you things for decades, and and the person's like, what, <laughs> you know? But that can't happen inside of that other landscape. And I'll stop there.
2: And you know, this is where I'll always come back to. Uh, um, I never will regret my time as a CrossFit gym owner because um, you know, we had a very successful youth and teen program that was play, right? Like yeah. I, my, my background in college again was working summer camps. Um, so just like a lot of like structured play time for teens and kids and like building forts. We had two gym facilities. So you'd carry the log from one gym to the other and like make things to walk on and go That's through funny. the whole, jump through tires. Right. And that was a lot of other things. And like, those are the kids that I now see as, as college age and, you know, coming out of college that are just like, I I can't help but be like gratified to see some of them be like, these kids are fit, right? They've continued their fitness expression all throughout college and they come home to train with us when they're in town. And I'm like, You became a man and you're strong. And it's so beautiful to see because these were kids that didn't make that didn't fit into a team sport. They didn't want to do it and they had nowhere else to go.
1: Yeah.
2: I always called it like we were the outliers. Where did the kids go that just don't fit into a team sport? Lost boys. The lost Boys, right we were like you know like who do they come out turn out to be and it's like i love seeing him because now it's like you know i can think of one um he's been with me for over 10 years now and he comes home from goes to northeastern he's like a smart engineer and words comes home and he like rides his bike he doesn't have a car when he's in boston he sends me podcasts on just like things that he knows would interest me about just physical expression and i see him move in the gym and he is just an amazing mover uh, one of his other friends, like, creates his own fitness, writes his own designs. He'll email R2 to have him review them just to, like, you know, pick his brain on um, sequences and just progression. But he rock climbs, and they're outdoors, and they come home, and they surf, and they're just fit kids. But these were kids that would never have fit into a team sport. Never. Yeah. They had a place to play and learn how to move, and now they they do their own fitness.
0: Yeah. What I'm picking up there that we could um... – get close to summarizing on that people can take away again is the unifying message of what you just heard in melissa's commentary of play and secondarily maybe don't call it don't call it um sport don't call it rock climbing or don't call it surfing call it physical expression Mm -hmm. that ties in play because then then the young person is seeing that Oh, what am I doing? You know, what am I doing for my fitness? And you could be like, you're not doing anything for your fitness, right? You're, you're physically expressing. And if that young 12 year old, that could be the beacon, right? It's, it's a language and an idea that becomes the beacon for those individuals. And then thankfully, thank thankful. Actually, I'm thankful for your story of that. It's a reminder that there is an opportunity not only for the beacon that I mentioned, right? For not just that particular young male group, but for, for all of them, there is a beacon that can be sent out. And I think that beacon unifies over time for both sexes on it being playful and enjoyable, but also it being physical expression. It's not sport. It's actually not fitness, right? It's an opportunity for them to learn these things and be like 10 years down the road, send you all those wonderful emails, right? which i get every couple of years it you know makes me might makes hair go up on my arms um i just got one more recently i'll you know shout out to uh this kid in calgary i won't name his name but it's embarrassing to him um but uh, i met up with him when i was up there in calgary and he broke down in front of me saying that we changed his life i haven't seen this kid in like so many years but it's those it's those moments right and this kid is now fully autonomous almost same story fully autonomous, full-time job, looking to build his family, looking to build his life, et cetera, et cetera. But we intervened at a time where we said, this is simply just playful physical expression, right? It's not you preparing for hockey. It's not you preparing for this. It's not for you to look like this for the opposite sex. It's got nothing to do with that. Those may be outcomes of it, but it's just for you. So anyways, thanks for pulling those words together to summarize, that's probably the fix for it. Um, I and, think maybe a separate episode over the time, sorry to cut you off. I think a separate episode over the time may, may be how do we how do we rehab individuals out of those other options? let's call it in two lanes, the physical sacrifice sport option for young males, and the and more options for for females for teen females.
2: yeah, I just wanted to tie it t- full circles like you know we we started this conversation of um options the different options for sex for youth kids in sport. And I think it comes back to like equal opportunity for expression is what I would like to see is that there's equal opportunity for both boys and girls growing up to be able to express
1: And tying in the
2: differences. Tying in the differences. Having a place where they can both be done where it's like, if you're a teenage girl, you can express your fitness differently than just simply doing, going for a walk or doing dance class. Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's get on it. <laughs> I'm ready to start an advocacy group and then end up on the Arizona Senate steps with with uh, white uh, white I don't know whatever they're called uh, signs. Um, that's when I leave my uh, post at McDonald's over here with my like you know broccoli is this cost you know in the lineup. <laughs> Don't worry. I don't do that metaphorically in case Leanne's listening in. Honey, I don't don't actually do that. Uh, I'm just saying that that in my mind, that's what I would do for two hours a day if I, if I uh, could. Um, Yeah. So thanks for that uh, for the tie in. Thank you for um, getting inside of this topic. It was very helpful for me too, because immediately when I saw it, um, I, I wanted to see, well, what are the differences that were not covered in fitness and youth and in the fitness and youth podcast, we're approaching it from a different angle. And I think what I liked from this, what we discussed today was how it's culturally relevant, culturally relevant to um, the OPEX gym, to individual design and to coaches. And I think that was discussed there. So I was happy about that. I was also happy that I get to, again, refine um, and learn my message around just repeating all those stories of the learnings that I had. That's always helpful for me. Um, and I think, you know, repeating those stories, although a lot of them seem like I did a lot of wrong things. No, it was, it was all with good intentions, but it certainly changed my perspective over time. So I was very uh, grateful that I got to discuss those things today also. Yeah. How about you? What's your recap on uh, the particular topic today?
2: I think that was what I wanted to just see was what different thoughts you had to bring to the table that was different than the fitness and youth podcast that you had. Cause I know you guys talk on all these topics. So I just want to see where we could actually tie in the sex differences between boys and girls in yeah. today's and how that impacts.
0: Yeah. And we did um, that. That is the difference. Cause on that, we, we discussed really just generalized youth expression, but I think today, you know, in our expertise, quote unquote, for what we're trying to do in our project of fitness and relations is discuss, is there differences between males and females for that. And we are saying, yes, there is. Now how it applies is unique, right? And it does then put the power inside of the coach's place, right? To be able to say, listen, you can actually have a positive impact for everyone included inside of it. And even if you do recognize differences, that's great. Then our next question that we're challenging everyone with is like, well, what are you going to do about it? right? What are you going to do? Are you going to create the beacon, right? Are you going to, are you going to say that? Are you going to now for tomorrow, start looking at design slightly differently, you know, and if you are, then I think we've done our job and I'm happy about that.
2: And I think this will be a lovely segue for when we go into sex differences between programming for uh, men and women that are of adult age inside of our
1: communities. Definitely. Yep.
2: Where again, do we take them do we create designs that are specifically built around a cycle or do we just use these as considerations um, that we take into account when we're putting together someone's fitness program?
0: That's you right. Know? Also about the formative years leading into that, yeah, right? Cause this is the formative years and then dealing with that as an adult. So when you get to being an adult, you know, us, cause I think a lot of times we don't ask that question is like, well, I was just speaking to Sam Smith about it on our walk um, the other day. I was like, we got to remember that we still have to have that initial question with everyone as an adult. What led you to believe what you do believe in fitness? Where did that come from? And I think we don't do that enough for adults, right? To give them the opportunity to say, how was your fitness idea formed? And today we talked about how a lot of people's ideas around fitness are formed because they start creating identity from 12 to 18 years of age as to what they did for physical expression, they think that's what makes them up as a person when they become an adult. So we need to rewire that back, right? And I can speak to that very closely of all the nefarious shit inside of it. Like the stuff that I went through with identifying as an athlete and what it led to me, right? And so all the downsides of that and the darker sides of it. um, Yeah, so I'm excited about that. Thanks for setting that tone for the future episode based upon it. Um,
1: If there's nothing else, uh, we can close it up. Thanks again, Melissa. Yeah.